I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes him feel mellow. Welcome to I Like Beer, the podcast, where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff. We're friends who love good beer and telling stories, so we turned it into a podcast. And, uh, you know, it's first of all, podcast almost June, arguably my favorite month um, for us. But looking at national days, I, I had to stop at one. Do you know it's National Paperclip Day today? Like, who knew that, that the paperclip needed its own day? But it does have it. So Thank it's pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. June is like the Friday of months. Oh, it's a, 100%. That's the greatest. That, that actually <laughs> might be the best description I've had. It just is. It's like there's hope in the air. Yes. Right. It's like I always look at it for us, especially as school teachers, the June is like, oh, my gosh, everything is possible. Right. <laughs> and then you hit nowadays, you hit like the end of June is like back to school sales are on. And you're like, what? It's too, you know, so. But yeah, June is great. It's 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 fresh. It's ready. It's like there's all possibility, you know, so. That's right. We're teachers by day, beer drinkers by night. Lucky enough to live in North County, San Diego, California, beer mecca within a beer mecca. Please pour yourself a beer, pull up a bar stool and join us. Hey, doctor coming to you. From my bidet. And I was thinking, I'd really like a nice cold beer. So can you all buy me a beer, please? Not a coffee. Go to ilikebeerthepodcast.com, click on buy me a coffee, and buy me a beer. Buy me a beer. Buy me a beer. Buy me a beer. Click the link on the website. And when you do, you're supporting our podcast and you help us keep doing this. It's very much appreciated. I like beer the podcast.com and the online store link is there. Correct. I like beer the podcast.com and a newsletter gallery. All the good stuff, what we've been drinking, where we've been. I like beerthepodcast.com. We have a very special guest in studio with us today. Always exciting to have a guest. Very much so. Because we just talk all the time. So that's, that is true. We need well, voice. And, and like I said, it's, it's, uh, we think we're pretty funny, but it's actually good to have a professional in the house to actually tell us what's funny. Yeah, we learned yeah, that. Yeah. We learned that about three weeks ago. Yeah. That you bring a comedian on and you just sit back, mind you blown. wind him up, add beer, and go. With us today, Ben. Mastraco. Welcome, Ben. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. A chef. Correct. And comedian. Yes. Well, and let's say, let's be clear. Professional chef, comedian, I work for tips and beer as yeah. a comic. All yeah. right. We're, we're getting there. We're one step at a time. Right? <laughs> I saw you in a show that was, you were professional. You stood up in front of an audience and, and put it out there and did an unbelievable job. That's in my mind is professional. I'll take the compliment. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've had a food expert on. We've yes, had we a, have. A barbecue judge, certified judge, yeah. but not a chef, a yeah. bona fide chef. This yeah. is exciting. All right. I like it. So, but we probably should start with yeah, the beer. Yeah, let's start with the beer. Let's get ourselves ready. We brought favorites today. You're yeah. Lucky day for you, Ben. All right. Well, favorite brewery, favorite beers from a favorite brewery. We got Bergen beers. Right. What are we going to start with? I think let's start with this, uh, the Destination Paradise, because um, I think the first time we had this beer, I don't know how many years ago it was, but we had it on draft uh, there, and they only had it on draft for a long, long time, and then recently they started canning it. So they and gave it a name when they, they started. And they gave it a name now. So now it's called Destination. It used to be Blondale on the draft board. But now it's Destination Paradise. And it's one they brew in collaboration with uh, Omni Resorts in La Costa. And, um, you know, the, the, I, I think for us, it was, a, it was a favorite on draft. Like it was one that I've, when you went there and it was on the board, you were always going to at least order one um, to just kind of taste it and, and, and see what it is. So it's, I was very excited to see it uh, um, in can and be able to get some and, and bring some to share. So well, cheers. Well, cheers. Cheers. Welcome, Ben. Cheers. And cheers. Guys. Thank you. 
And I was lucky enough, I got to sit down with McKinsey and break this beer down for an article I did for the, the Coast News. So she talked me through, we should pick up a little bit of a cracker, little cracker flavors, notes in there. But what she pointed out was some herbal notes, almost like a, a herbal tea yeah. in there. If you, if you search for them, they're there. And then it finishes with that slightly sweet maltiness. So that's the Bergen Blonde that finally has a name, which I already forgot. It is the... Destination? Paradise. Destination. Kind of, kind of that, uh, that's yeah. the right name. Well, I, like I said, to me, it's a, it, I mean, I, I, blonde beers, uh, blonde ales basically are one of my favorite just go-to beers because you can drink them. They're light. They're, you can have a bunch of them. Um, and going back to June, it's the time. It's a, it's a summer beer, right? It's a beer you can, you can have and sit out when it's, when it's hot or not, not hot right now where we don't see the sun and May gray turns into June gloom, but uh, it's just a, just a great refreshing beer. I'm excited to get in cans now. Yeah. So we got to hear a little bit about our chef. Tell us, start it before we get to the comedy stuff. Right. We'll start with your professional life. Okay. About your work. How did you get into this work and what what do you do and where do you do it? It's kind of a long, boring. I, I've always been like a little bit of like a late bloomer. Like I, I'm not that guy that was like, I went to culinary school and then I like became a chef and I've been doing it ever since. I took a long, weird road to get to where I'm at, but I'll be brief. Mom was a recipe developer. So she worked for like magazines and food companies. I got a degree in nutrition. I worked as a food scientist at a big processed food company for a while. Didn't really love working on like the factories with like super weirdly processed stuff. Kind of sort of doing my own thing after that and sort of slowly became a chef. But I juggle like, so I do private work, I do catering, I teach classes. Uh, I kind of do a, a lot of different stuff. Always trying to make a living off of food without working at a restaurant basically has been the goal. And so far it seems to be working out. And one of the places you're you're teaching classes is at a brewery. That's correct. Yes. Uh, yeah, I teach there. Uh, I think we're on the schedule for twice a month. And it depends. I teach sushi classes there and ravioli classes. And where is and there? And they vary. Oh, uh, Wild Barrel Brewing Okay, San uh, in San Marcos. Yeah, which is, uh, which is awesome. I get to talk about food and teach people how to make food and drink beer. It's a, it's a great gig. <laughs> you say you got a couple classes coming up. So what are you going to focus on? Well, uh, most of the thing what we got is pasta. All I teach right now for the public classes are different pasta and uh, sushi. So I teach the sushi ones on Thursday nights and then I teach at a, uh, a winery in uh, Vista here as well grafted cellars but that we won't focus on them today because <laughs> we're talking about beer but I teach there uh, teach a wild barrel on uh, Thursday nights and um, yeah classes are super fun I, I do all the um, heavy lifting they're just meant to be fun social classes you know I tell a few terrible jokes there you know you gotta throw in you a couple sort of thing yeah. right exactly Test you know so uh, yeah it's uh, it's a good time so is, uh, that's actually funny to me because Wild Barrel, you're teaching, you can go there, get your beer, get some food classes, throw axes, and hit in the batting cages all under one roof. And stay long enough, there's comedy. Now. And then, and then, and, yeah, and then watch comedy as well. So that, that place is quickly becoming the, well, the go-to. Beer with axes yeah. and bats, you're going to create your own comedy. Yeah. So. yeah Unless yeah, you're you on the receiving it. end yes. and then it's a tragedy. Fair. Yeah, a little both. <laughs> so, all right, real quick. Uh, Give me a, a couple favorite food and beer pairings. Uh, 
Okay, I'm I'm definitely like an IPA guy, so that's always going to be the first one. But I was thinking about this on the way over. I love sushi and IPA because uh, you have like wasabi, you have that soy sauce that kind of like lingers, and then the IPA just has like that crisp finish. Although this beer would go great with that too. Just anything with like a crisp finish. But I think sushi and IPA for some reason works fantastic together. Um, obviously, you do like, you know, dessert and a stout or something like that but for me it's just anything in an ipa quite honestly <laughs> and uh yeah that's where i'm at i like my ipa before and i want something like a blonde ale lager with meal i think it and depends then, I, then on heavy, the dark beer i like it yes i agree it just depends on that finish you know if you got you got those I, beers I, yeah. that linger on the pal but sometimes you get that ipa that's just got a real crisp, crisp finish. finish i think that pairs well with a lot of different things personally so you can enjoy the food if it, yeah, yeah if it's exactly. one of those ones that sticks on your palate then it's then it's yeah. you, can, you, 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 you don't want to do like a stout with yeah. sushi because yeah. that's just going to clash and it's going to like that stout so malty it kind of sticks with mm -hmm. you but uh anything that finishes nicely i think goes well with a lot of different stuff do you ever from your food expertise and your experience with food and maybe it's with beer or wine or, or whatever do you ever kind of cringe when you see what somebody's pairing or everybody's palate's different but i don't know because sometimes uh, i do it because i i can be judgy it's well, true. It's true. It is true. I, I, I know that. I, I feel judged sometimes. But sometimes but that's I'm like, okay. you yeah. can't have that with that. Yeah. Well, look, you guys know more about beer than I do. I'm a food guy. I love beer, but I, I maybe uh, when I'm like teaching classes, I got to do a job, you know, yeah. which is tough because I am drinking beer while I'm teaching the classes. <laughs> but I'm probably paying less attention to what people are drinking right. and get more attention to making sure that people's sushi rolls look okay and that sort of thing. So I teach their own, you know. That's fair. <laughs> less throwing knives at the end of the class than at the beginning. You know, as long as people say nice things about me and my reviews, I don't care what they drink and how they pair it. So. That's that's, the way that's well well, yeah. well said. So all right, so let's move over to this side. You're also a comedian. Got to see you perform at Wild Barrel um, a couple weeks ago, which was fantastic. Can you tell us a little bit about that part of your, uh, you know, your life or your job? Yeah, well, that part's a, a little bit newer, I would say, to be honest. So uh, I started doing comedy like years ago. Um, I was kind of not happy at my old corporate job and I was kind of like looking for some uh, something to just sort of take me out of that world a little bit. And it was never anything that I did much with. I mean, I did a, a YouTube cooking comedy thing for a while. That never really took off. So stand-up was always kind of like, eh, I dabbled in it but didn't do much. About nine months ago, um, a winery that I have a relationship with asked me if I was interested in like hosting their open mic because they knew I did comedy. And then for, I wasn't doing any comedy at this point in time, I should say. And then I just started meeting people and I started finding out where all the open mics were. And uh, it just quickly became this like addiction. And uh, I just have no idea what I'm trying to do with it on some level, but it's just really fun. And... Um, it takes me to places where they happen to serve good beer and I get to hang out with funny people all the time. So, yeah, so I, I try to get up on stage at least a couple times a week and, um, you know, try to just make people laugh and be silly and, and hang out with other funny people. So, yeah, that's kind so of where you're I'm saying there. it's only been about nine months that you've been doing it. Yeah, I mean, give I or take. I mean, before that, yeah, but I've been, I guess, serious, serious about so, it, right? You know, by serious, it means I'm getting up multiple times a week uh, I'm really sort of honing the craft as opposed to just like dipping a toe in here and there sort right. of thing so yeah nine months uh, maybe a year cumulative and we'll so do it, doing it multiple times a week are you using kind of the same 
show each time and just refining it or are you adapting changing like how, how what's that process because I, yeah, I mean really to me I that's so many questions oh it's fascinating process. i agree it's a little of both so you know what you saw is i did 10 minutes at wild barrel and um that i didn't really do anything new for that so typically like at an open mic i'm trying to work out stuff and once it kind of works then i put it into this bucket of like okay this joke has a pretty high success rate almost nothing has a hundred percent success right. rate but you're like this stuff should work and then you're trying to build off of that or you're just like you know hey i got a bunch of single dating jokes let's try to do something else let's try to write about something else so i'm not just this like you know one trick right. pony sort of thing um i have my open mics that are just Every, I know them. They're small. They're not high-pressure shows. So maybe I like to go test out a bunch of new stuff here. Then maybe I'm doing a show where it's uh, there's a little bit of a crowd. But I want to try maybe a couple new jokes out. So maybe I'll do a few jokes that work. And then you mix them in with a few jokes that are a little bit new. And uh, I'm, I'm getting to the point where at a show, I might throw out a new joke here and there. and But uh, I play it a little bit safer and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, you're, you're refining. But I love writing. That's like my favorite part of comedy and so i i actually probably do too many new jokes and don't take the time to fully refine all of them because i just get stuff in my head and that's like the fun part about stand-up is it's immediate gratification right so you write a joke (laughs) you know you know or not absolutely 100 percent um but uh yeah so you i really just get excited to see how stuff is going to work in front of an audience and obviously sometimes it doesn't sometimes it doesn't but that's always my favorite part is just like ooh, that's funny maybe let's try and uh sometimes i think i uh i don't work out stuff enough but that's the fun part for me so i i remember reading an interview with leonard cohen the musician and he talked about how crafting a song could take him months and in some cases like hallelujah years and then he sat down with bob dylan and and was doing an eyeing over a bob dylan song he said bob how long how long does this take and he was like three minutes and it just came to me and he was very frustrated are you more the when the jokes come to you you're more on the bob dylan things pop you jot them down now i have it or are you reworking it recrafting it and setting it aside and coming it's a little of both but you know you write down a lot of jokes that don't work or you i have some jokes that come to me where i'm like oh this one i think is gonna work and then you have a lot of jokes where you're like uh maybe it'll work maybe it won't but i'll try it and then i have tons of jokes where i wrote them down and a couple days later i came back to them and was like eh, probably not but like those all my jokes pretty much that's well, when i write mine yeah when yeah. i look at myself I'm like, that seems so funny yeah. when i wrote that <laughs> and sometimes it's fun you you'll tell a joke on stage and as soon as you say it you're like that was a terrible joke but you don't know until you get it out in front of people and then you're like well i'm embarrassed but that's yeah, yeah. kind of what we all do so right it, it, is there i imagine there i haven't been brave enough to do this i imagine some of it's got to be figuring out what's this audience right who's this audience right what are they going to respond does that count for the jokes you're picking but probably also delivery uh yeah i i it does you know like i live out in oceanside and like i do some bar shows there and it's like the late night oceanside crowd they don't want the clean jokes that i do at like the wineries and stuff like that necessarily Different crowd, yeah. they did not get the motorcycle out of the carport to come here clean jokes you know and it's like i'm not a dirty comic i'm in i'm in podcast mode i'm yeah. like well, yeah. here, but 
Um, yeah, you, you know, sometimes maybe I'll read the, I don't, nobody wants to be first at the shows or at like the open mics, at least you kind of want to get a sense of the audience first. And so then maybe you go, all right, they're a little bit of a tough crowd. Maybe I'll start with one of my go-to jokes that tends to work a lot. Maybe I'll try to get them on my side a little bit and then I'll move into maybe the experimental stuff or stuff like that. Or maybe you're like, you know, I was going to do clean stuff, but this is not the audience (laughs) for that. So let's just get into like the funny silly whatever stuff so yeah and uh you just you never get it fully right all the time it's an ongoing puzzle always but that's kind of the fun of it i think you went on second that night we saw you it might have been second or third you were towards the front i was first after the host that's what it was okay so it was the host went on and then you came out and you were great you're hilarious honestly to me one of the one of the best guys of the whole night which was was really fun and fantastic that's why i said joe we got to get him on the podcast at the end of it (laughs) and uh so uh so it was great what was interesting for me not going to a whole lot of comedy shows and you're at a brewery so obviously the demographic was that there was a wide range right you had the you had your 20 20 somethings yeah. to to the old people like us um but it was just kind of funny like again i think probably, you know having material that that hits all of those demographics it has to be tough you know I, I thought like Dr. but I thought it was really funny. Like almost every comedian there, it was all jokes about um, dating apps, way outside my area of expertise. But I just oh, was, was like, that? but I could laugh at them. I thought they were very funny. But it was just funny. I just like well, that's definitely a, a you know for a certain era, a certain group. That's that's got to be comedy gold. You know. I mean, what does that tell you about comics? Yeah, though? that's the thing. I mean, we're all sad, lonely. Uh, you know, that's why we drink and go to bar shows. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, that's pretty funny. No. Um, yeah, that, that is sometimes the challenge is demographics and stuff like that. I tend to do a lot of self-deprecating yeah. jokes, and I think that that works well in a lot of audiences. I'm not a particularly like divisive comic. Right. You know, the host that he, you saw. He was, yeah, he's aggressive. He's, he's, aggressive. <laughs> he's funny because he's like the nicest guy, but he's got a particular, <laughs> yeah. he's a little yeah. bit of the dice clay yeah, style. Uh, yeah, yes. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he's a love or hate comic yeah. a little bit, and I'm a little bit more silly and just yeah. playful, and uh, I, I think that that works well in a lot of rooms but you know time will tell i guess i I could be a hundred percent wrong but i think it's probably very healthy to have some self-deprecating humor Mm -hmm. maybe it's terrible and it's speaking to a broken damaged person but i I honestly think if more people could laugh at themselves things in the world would be better you know that's like kind of the fun part of comedy is like you get to take your challenges and like stuff in your life that's maybe not been pleasant and figure out a way to make it fun and figure out a way to get others to enjoy it with you and then it's just like cathartic experience where you're like this moment sucked i'll get something out of it though at the end of the day and then it's like you know helps you kind of get over yeah. some of these things so it's, it's good i yeah. guess probably the processing is oh this is gonna be a joke someday right <laughs> there's a joke in here somewhere this either totally. or in, yeah. and people love it. they're like is this gonna be one of your bits is this gonna be a thing i'm like ah, we'll see you know? i'm in pain but, right yeah. now thank you very much can i get through this part yeah <laughs> I almost made a bad joke right there. Uh, I'm going to keep it to myself. But it was about being at a funeral and saying goodbye to someone. It's not funny yet. Yeah. (laughs) Let's get back to beer drinking. So you've talked about the IPAs. Um, You've talked about working at at Wild Barrel. You've got some some favorite beers. You found some favorite beers and breweries in San Diego since you've been here? Uh, I'm terrible at picking favorites. I'll just say that right off the top. Um, I have some that, you know, I've maybe uh, have memories with or special moments that I gravitate towards. But I'm always, and I'm the same way 
way with like food and same way with jokes. I just told you I have a tough time honing in because I'm always trying to do new stuff. I'm always that guy that's like, I've tried this beer. Let me try this one. Let me try this one. Like I want to try all of them as opposed to being like, I found my beer. I'm going to drink this every time. But, um, you know, so definitely, um, yeah, I mean, Wild Barrel and I don't work at Wild Barrel, of course. I mean, I do the classes there. I don't want an employee there, but um, I, I think the one I really like there is like the Prince of Dankness. I want to say it's like a heavy. Yeah, that's their, that's their. That's their biggie. Yeah, is it? Okay, yeah. so then that that would make sense. Um, they have another one though that I really liked. It was kind of not an IPA. That's why it stuck out to me. It was like the uh, not last year's fruitcake. I think it was the one aged in like Chardonnay barrels or something Yeah, they do like some that. very unique than yeah. other sour programs and, and some of their barrel aging. Yeah, and that one was kind of, it, it, it's funky in a very different way, but I, I really enjoyed it. I don't know what I would pair that with uh, for the most part. <laughs> but, it's um, a meal in itself, some of those. are. Yes. Yeah, yeah but I, I like to go to the different breweries and check out the different stuff. I'm a fan of like um, like Barrel Republic where mm-hmm. you can go pour like five different beers and Untapped not have to pour. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's like a dangerous place for me, but uh, that's more of my style. It's like I want to try everything and experience every different type of beer and every different type of food. And uh, just let that ADD part of me kind of like get, get <laughs> reprieve. You know what I mean? It gets to celebrate. It gets to celebrate different flavors, different things. Well, each beer is a different experience. And, uh, you know, I think that that's, that's as you get older, you want new experiences. And so it's like, you know, there's a comfortable familiarity with the beer. But when you find something that's like, wow, that's different, it's a fun part of your brain for me that gets turned on where I'm like, ooh, I like this. So, so speaking of that, wow, we, we asked the question of most of our guests are kind of what were some of your first wow beers that kind of made you think, you know, hey, beer can taste like that, that kind of gets you into that craft beer scene? I think for me, the first one was um, Pliny the Elder. Um, Start at the top there. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, I mean, this true, is when I was... The IPA guy? Yeah. <laughs> and I was in San Francisco. I didn't... I was just kind of starting to get into the craft yeah. beer scene, but I remember just like, oh, wow, this is really smooth for being sort of a, I think a seven and a half percent beer sort of thing. And, you know, a lot of beers had more bitterness and, and that sort of thing. And I was like, wow, this is really balanced. And I think that was sort of like the, oh, I get it now a little bit of like why there's this whole fandom around craft beer because there's some people that are just on a different level, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we created almost a whole trip around going to get yeah. some Pliny the Elder. Yeah, that was how all this podcast started. At Russian River. That's pretty much the origin story of how the podcast started. That and, and uh, to have Sierra Nevada at, uh, you know, or have Sierra Nevada Palo at Sierra Nevada. Those, okay. well, so those I two. Went, uh, I went to school in Chico. Okay, well, there so you go. Yeah. But I wasn't, I don't think I fully appreciated it in yeah. college, you yeah. know, like we were just pounding pictures of it. And then I go home, I'm like, oh, I lived next to like one of the greatest breweries. Yeah. But I got some good beer at the hill. That's, that's for very sure. good. You were having $7, $6 pitchers of Sierra Nevada. You did not know how good no, you had it. No, I believe it was $5 pitchers. Yeah. And I had no idea how good we had it. And that was like back in the day, too. So it's probably more expensive now, but you know. Well, talking about great pale ales, I'm moving this to yeah, the next we'll go beer. Ahead and we'll, we'll pour this, this one is, here. Let's do it. This is the San Diego. Well, our, we call our top beers a Shawshank beer. And this is our Shawshank pale ale. Absolutely love this beer. This is another version. Yep. This is Carlsbad Crush. Silver silver medal, which makes me wonder what they're doing. Yeah. Because how is this not gold medal okay. at the uh, Great American Beer Fest? Um, my absolute favorite pale ale. Top three beers of all time for me. That's... And we're lucky enough to have them right in town. We get kegs of this. Yes, we do. Actually, <laughs> for the go... kegerators. Uh, should that have some of that dankness 
but then talking about balanced with the dryness, which makes it very drinkable. Yeah, I like that. It's got the grapefruit flavors, mm -hmm. but not overly bitter at all. Doesn't doesn't try to. It's not an IPA that's called a pale ale. It's a pale ale, and truly just absolutely favorite beer. Yeah, just and it's got you know in terms of like you said some of that complexity and some mm -hmm. so much more you compare it to the blonde if it going side by side right the blonde is just a it's a beer flavored beer mm -hmm. right that, that's we can go back to it. but a, but a quality this this is a beer now with some 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 mm -hmm. complexity and some nuance and get and get some of that you know that that like you said that bitterness that hop but again well balanced and, and, and finishing yeah Mo mosaic hop isn't always done right no sometimes mosaic hop can be too much but to me this is just right where this beer is supposed to be so no. ben i hope you like it if don't, not do. you need to pretend to no, no, <laughs> this is my style of beer for sure i i get a lot of um there's a lot of flavor here and uh that's always what i gravitate towards food beer i like big flavors and uh this is really yeah i get the hoppiness i get a little bit of grapefruit like it's just i like it. it's some good flavor here well cheers yeah cheers we're under contract Thanks, we have guys. to clink glasses with every beer it's, it's big, supposed big to be bad it's bad luck if you don't and drink after that's at least that's what they tell me so i we've heard that that yeah, was that yeah. was from our oktoberfest yeah, uh, we don't studies. Wanna, and we don't chase bad luck so i <laughs> know yeah, yeah. it'll come it find finds us on our own so yeah <laughs> so uh let's let's talk a little bit about um i might skip one right here but uh comedy wise who, who were some of your comedy idols like what what uh what was your gold standard what is your gold standard for humor <sighs> Uh, again, I, I'm bad he at picking favorites. favorites. He doesn't yeah, like true. Okay. Like, uh, there's a lot of guys. Give us, I like. give us uh, your hierarchy. Who's up there at the top of your comedy so legends? Right now, I, I'm kind of uh, I'm a little bit biased because I think once you hit a certain level in comedy. People are just ready to laugh at whatever you say. So I think I like some of the guys that are like on the bubble that are like almost to the next level, but they still aren't a household name to where you're like. You know, you got to work right. for a laugh a little mm -hmm. bit. My two favorite guys right now are Mark Normand and Sam Morell. I think they're both just very good, straight up, pure stand-ups. They write good jokes. Um, some people are just naturally charismatic and, and funny. They're good set-up punchline writers. They have a drinking podcast, too, which I like a lot. <laughs> so, um, But, you know, I love like a, an Anthony Jeselnik, great joke writer. Uh, I saw Rory Scoville a couple weeks ago. You know, I, I love the big-name classic people, uh, of course, but... Um, I like some of those guys that are sort of, um, they're not quite the household name, but they're so funny that they have, they, cause they have to be, you know, um, that's who, that's who sort of, I like to look to right now for my comedy influence, at least. It was an interesting way you put it that their, their branding isn't, they walk on stage and it's, and now we begin laughing cause they're here. We've, right. we've waited for them yeah. and everything they say will be funny because I paid good money for this ticket yeah. and now they got to earn the laugh. I, I, I mean, like an example would be like the new Chris Rock special that came out. That's been very like people, some people love it. Some people hate it. I didn't think it was that great to be honest, but I think there's so many people that were just like Chris Rock's the best comic alive that they're going to give him a gold star no matter what he does. And I'm like, oh, I think this was a little bit, <laughs> I think it could have been better is all, all right. you know, but uh, there's some, it, it it to sidetrack here. When he got to the Prince Harry Meghan stuff, I, I thought, now that's funny. Now it's funny. These are he's thought this through and crafted, and the rest was storytelling. That I'm waiting for something to be funny. It's forcing me to you know 
I'm uncomfortable, which is okay that I'm uncomfortable in some sure. of the, some of that of that. But when he got to the Prince Harry and Meghan stuff, I thought, okay, that's really funny. <laughs> that that, that four minutes that was sure. was was great. Yeah. You know, I think just like by the time a guy puts out his like fifth comedy special, you know him, you know his style, and usually at that point, I'm like, who's next in line, sort of mm-hmm. thing. As opposed to like like I love Bill Burr; he's one of the best stand-ups. But I, his newest special, I didn't think was maybe my favorite. But that's also just because I knew it, I knew his style, and so that's where I'm like. Like who's sort of the next Bill Burr? That's who I really get more excited by personally. Not that I can't have an appreciation for all these people, right. but the the stuff that makes me laugh as someone who watches comedy all every day <laughs> on some level or most days, you know, you don't laugh at everything the way that you used to. Right. And uh, when someone does make you laugh, that's when you're like, oh, I like this. This oh, is something special good. here. Do you have appreciation sometimes when you see a joke land or or you hear the how they've worked toward the toward the laugh? Do you have an appreciation for the I know how much work went into that. That you, yeah. you didn't just that didn't just pop into your head. Yeah, and that's uh that's what's always funny about like open mic comedy is because like I don't think people know how much work really goes into a lot of this stuff. I mean, some jokes are naturally gonna you're gonna get it on the first try, and some are gonna like you work at it for a long time. And I think some people are just used to watching a comedy special where everything works, and then you go to open mic and you just see people flailing, oh, yeah. and it's a totally different thing. So yes, I have a painful. Uh, it's painfully obvious how much work went into some of. But also how incredible specials. it is like to have like you, you think I mean probably not too many jobs that you can think about where you're going to go out there and how many times you're going to fail until you finally have some success and then having that wherewithal or the, those that courage to con- to continue fail it's got to be pretty at some point go well I must not be funny I'm done with this you know and you and, and you know so that's pretty impressive really comedy is like the most humbling yeah. thing because you'll be like oh I'm good and then you'll have an idea like maybe I'm terrible yeah. at this and I should never do this again and I hear some of the greats say the same thing yeah. you know so it, it certainly puts you in your place pretty quickly yeah, uh, I would say you know I see a lot in YouTube well the comics decide what what to put on there and you know you watch a netflix special if someone's earned a special then they've got a team of writers i assume uh since there's a list of writers at the end um but when someone's out there just grinding through finding their jokes finding their rhythm trying to figure out an audience what happens when no one laughs because that's yeah. not what you that's not what's been curated for views when you're scrolling through for stuff but uh you know do you go to some go-to jokes? You just forge ahead. You're like, I'm supposed to do 10 minutes. I was just listening to Mark Norman, who I mentioned earlier. He just filmed a special. So he said he started from scratch and he's like, the audiences are, they, they go expecting him to be what they've seen right. on YouTube, on Netflix or whatever. And then when he's trying new stuff out, it's like, oh no, he's mortal. You know, like he's got to work out new stuff and, you know, he's got to throw out trash just like the rest of us. So it's not as bad on my level because no one knows who I am, but I imagine it's going to be a lot tougher when people Honey, are expecting Isn't that the guy that level. made the sushi? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a fallback career. Yeah, I told you. Right? Yes, it so, is. I told you he's drinking too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh. So real quick, going back, can you give us, uh, let's go back a little bit on the beer side of it. Can you give us a beer story? What's a, a moment in beer from your life in terms of just, you know, funny, not so funny, but. I, and I was trying to think of this because uh, I don't think I really got an appreciation for beer until a little bit later on. I think earlier, you know, most of my fun drinking stories involved a lot of cheap beer and stuff like that. Um, but. One of the one thing that came to mind was um, I was maybe 26 
And um, I was hanging out with my girlfriend. Uh, I had two roommates. I was just drinking a beer, staying at home, relaxing. Minding your own business. Minding my own I business. I got it in my mind. I see it. Both roommates go out separately. One roommate gets brought home by his friend. He's stumbling in drunk <laughs> and he had gotten kicked out of a comedy show. This is totally unrelated, but he went to a comedy show. He got kicked out for being too drunk. And his friend who I didn't really know was like, you know, basically wheeling him into the house, putting him in bed, like making sure he was okay. And I'm just, my girlfriend and I were just total peace and quiet before that happens. And we're like, wow, okay. That was quite a, a little stir up there, you know, but like, okay, this is what happens when you live with roommates. And then maybe about an hour later, Later, my other roommate comes in stumbling drunk <laughs> just trashed and looks at me and my girlfriend and goes uh i'm gonna go puke for a while and then just <laughs> falls you know just pukes and then just passes out in the bathroom we can't even open the bathroom door <laughs> sort of thing and it was just like what happened to our peaceful quiet evening at home uh my roommates just wrecked it but it was hilarious at the same time uh although not as hilarious when i needed to use the bathroom but uh, other than that, uh, it, it was uh, funny and enjoyable on some level. <laughs> and a good start. comedy for you, yeah. tragedy yeah, for them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, so what got you, what spurred you, I want to get in front of people, because there's a vulnerability there, right? Oh, yeah. I, I imagine we're school teachers and, and we've gotten used to it. We're, like I'm great in talking in front of kids, yeah. but if I have to talk in front of adults, uh, that's a different story. Yeah, that's yeah. A, yeah. There's a vulnerability there. So at some point you said, this is something I need to do or want to do, or what spurred that? Do you remember? I don't think I ever wanted to get in front of people. <laughs> I was trying to, so my whole stand-up thing started with doing more of like a YouTube video where I was trying to do the comedy cooking videos. And that was just me locked in a room by myself. Uh, but I think I knew like there was more to comedy that I needed to learn and stand-up was just the most accessible form of that. But I don't think I ever wanted to do stand-up as much as I have now. That was never the plan. Getting up in front of people was terrifying, but I, I also think that was part of what I knew I needed to do. I was painfully shy when I was younger, really introverted, really awkward, and, and I think I kind of knew like this is going to suck, but it's going to be good for me on some right. level. And uh, I still don't like getting up in front yeah. of people on some level. <laughs> really? I don't, uh, you know, you get nervous. What and about like teaching your classes? So that you're, you're making ravioli. Ah, you're making that's different. different. Yeah. That's in your, your expertise, that's your yeah, wheelhouse. for the most yeah. part. And it's like, if a joke doesn't land there, it doesn't really matter. That's not what people are there for. And the bar for jokes is like lower there too. <laughs> so you throw in a little joke here and there, it's no big deal. We, got, we understand that. I'll do too. like a class and people are like, oh, I didn't know you were a comedian. You should have told jokes. I'm like, well, I did. You guys just didn't <laughs> pick up on them sort of thing. But, uh, you know, for for that... Uh, that's going to be a great moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you told jokes. I yeah. told seven jokes. Yeah, they were <laughs> over your head, guys. No, and I mean, I worked And there's no a, sesame seeds on that roll, yeah. mister. <laughs> uh, one of the jobs I did when I was first starting to get into comedy, too, was working as a tour guide. I do food tours, and I still do it to this day as, like, my little side work. And that was also just like, hey, I don't like talking in front of people, but if I'm forced to do this for a job, I will probably learn to do it. And sure enough, now it's like I can just get up in front of a group, and it's like I don't care how big the group is. Comedy's a little 
little different because right. there's an expected outcome. And if a joke bombs, everybody knows it. Tours, food, it's a little different because they're there for a different purpose. So you can usually like hide behind the, you know, whatever you're there to do on some level. But no, I don't think I still want to. Um, but what I always tell people is like you, you kind of get high off of it a little bit. Whether you do have a good set or a bad set, you get all this adrenaline kind of mm-hmm. pumping. And sometimes like after you have like a really good set, for me at least, I, it takes me a while to like wind down and go to sleep and stuff like that because you get real like amped mm-hmm. up. Yeah, yeah. So there's a part of it that I love, but I think uh, I dread it uh, all the time at, as well. Um, but it's, it gets, it's gotten so much easier, obviously. Like it's not that big of a deal anymore. But uh, yeah. Yeah, very, it's very impressive because, like I said, that that level of kind of putting yourself out there is is, is impressive. And we, yeah. we haven't asked you to tell a joke because people ah. people need to go see your show. Yeah, they right. need to We're come not giving out stuff away you. for free yeah, here, yeah, people. Yeah. But I brought some jokes. Yeah. Okay. Now we usually rate the beers on a one okay. through five scale, our untapped scale one through five. We're not rate these beers because we've already said uh, Carlsbad Crush is a Shawshake five and that blonde to me is at least a four or five. I'm sure I have it ranked in there somewhere. So we're not going to bother ranking the beers. Okay. But I've got five beer jokes. I'm ready. It might be ones. <laughs> they might be the Shawshank of jokes. I'm going to be But harsh, you're the expert. All right. Yeah. I'm going to Gordon Ramsay. All right. That's right. But this put a lot of effort in that I put it into AI, tell me a beer joke, and then those weren't good. So I Googled <laughs> top five beer jokes. <clears throat> so here we go. Okay. A Roman walks into a bar and holds up two fingers. He says, five beers, please. I don't get it. <laughs> I get it because of the math, the Roman yeah, numerals. Roman, I don't think that the younger generation knows the Roman numerals. Yeah. Yeah. Roman numerals. Oh, I told you I was yeah. math so was not my that, subject well, either, One so. through five, that's, yeah. that's a bomb. Yeah, that's a bomb. That's a, too much me, thought. What if I told it with a visual? Roman walks into a bar <laughs> and holds up two fingers. Yep. Five beers, please. I mean, my dad would give that yeah, five. Yeah. Yeah. Certain generation, <laughs> certain things. If you throw it in there, they, he went on a dating joke. app first. <laughs> if you said he went on a dating yeah. app, in, and then, then the younger generation would be I, 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 my disclaimer. Yeah. I did not write these jokes. You will not hurt my feelings. All right, let's go. Nor did I practice delivery of them. <laughs> Never look at your beer as half empty. Look at it as halfway to your next beer. That I like. That's that profound, too. Yeah, that, yeah that, that's words to live by. That works on many levels. Yeah. And that's why you can find happiness at the bottom of a bottle. That's deep. That's not bad. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty. <laughs> that good. almost feels less like a joke and, and more just like, like a life, metaphor for life. Yeah, life yeah. lesson. Yeah. I, I feel like that's like it's, a, yeah. that's like a, ta- that's like a tattoo it. now. I think You're it's right. some for some people. Comedy yeah. has a layer of truth in it, or yeah. a thread of truth. No, oh, there's three of them. What did I write? Can we read my writing? How do you how do you know if someone likes craft beer? Oh, don't worry. They'll tell you. That's actually hilarious. <laughs> if you know the people in the industry, that's I, funny. I, I, that's a good joke. The thing is, I've heard that. Oh, okay. yeah. Because you Google other... best beer yes. jokes. No, no, because I heard that. Yeah. I've heard that with like vegans. How do you yeah. know someone's yeah, vegan? Because they'll tell you. How do you know someone's oh, crap okay. beer? They'll so, tell yeah, you. That's yeah. a recycled so, joke. It's yeah. a good joke, yeah. though. And it how do you works know if in a lot recycles? of areas. But it does. Okay. That is good. Yeah, okay. All right, my last one. And I had heard this one before. So perhaps you have to. That, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he hasn't heard them. We're ranking them. True. Okay. What do Coors Light and Sex in a Kayak have in common? They're both fucking close to water. <laughs> well, that one's the best. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that right off the top. Yeah, I didn't write it. I can't take credit for it. <laughs> and that appeals to all genres. So worse was the like Roman the, one. Yeah. You didn't know Roman yeah, numerals yeah. were screwed for on me, that. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. that, yeah. But the kayak... 
We got that motors Oceanside motorcycle crew. F-word yeah, those people were super them. excited. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it hit all areas. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, your wine people would appreciate it because they don't like beer anyway. So yeah. it's it's it was perfect. Well, Doc's not here. Okay, but he sent along, if you're willing, Ben. Our the, the hoppiest game show on earth. Is that how he sets it up? Yeah, hoppiest game show on earth. This is beer or not a beer. Right. I listened to one of these. Oh, I, I did my homework. I right. listened to one right. of these. So I yeah. think I know the rules. I've got four beers listed here. Three are real beers. One is not. Okay. We got to pick the beer that's not a beer. All right. All right. According here. Beer number one. Forced Laughter IPA. Say it again. Forced Laughter IPA. Okay. Beer number two. Type five pale ale. Beer number three. Quick Witted Wood beer. And beer number four, Dad Jokes IPA. So we have beer number one, Forced Laughter IPA. Beer number two, Tight Five Pale Ale. Beer number three, Quick Witted Wood Beer. And beer number four, Dad Jokes IPA. Which beer <laughs> is not a beer? I'm going gonna, gonna to guess the first one, the Forced Laughter. Forced Laughter IPA. IPA. Uh, Mateo, back there behind the glass. Uh, one, two, three, or four. What's he got? He looks like he's going two, one. 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 He's going Forced one well. Laughter Forced IPA. Laughter, yeah. Okay. And talent. <sighs> you know what? That's the one that kind of jumps out at me. I don't even know what type five is. So that that is out. <laughs> I definitely know what a type yeah, five is. Yeah, I don't is, even. So. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we like telling what a type a five is. So yeah. Did, yeah. Did. yeah. It's your it's your best five minutes. Oh, right? that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. There's no way yeah. Doc came with that on his own. That has to be a real beer. Um I'm gonna go Dad Jokes IPA because okay. that that's actually my favorite name, but that <laughs> okay. seems a lot of times tend to not right. be the real name. And I have a I have a follow up question on Type Five. Is your best? So you've got a number of type. I'm assuming you have a number of Type Fives. Is your best Type Five your best Type Five or your tightest Type Five? Oh, that's deep. <laughs> your tightest Five. Uh, I suppose it's probably different for different people. Okay. It's, a, it's a diction question. Yeah, it's semantics. All right. Well, let's go through this quick witted. Is a wit beer by River Horse Brewing Company. Fair enough. Okay. Um, Dad Jokes IPA is a beer by Cross Strain Brewing. It should be, too. It's a one <laughs> and two. Forced Laughter IPA is a beer by Newgrass Brewing Company. So Type me. 5 Pale Ale, Polar Bear Brewing. Wow, Doc really <laughs> went deep on that. Normally, most of it is if there's some type of sexual in- innuendo, that's how I know to pick that one because that's his wheelhouse. Um, but I didn't see any there, so... Well, thanks for playing. Yeah. Beer or not a beer? You're just as good as the rest of us because I've never won at this game either. So, <laughs> uh, so, so Ben, where do listeners uh, remind them? Where do they find you? Where do they get to enjoy your food, your classes, and your comedy? Well, um, I got a website for the food, uh, benmastrocco.com. Hopefully you can link that because you'll uh, they'll never know how to spell that uh, off the top of their heads. Instagram too, at benmastrocco for food. At Ben Mastrocco Comedy for the comedy stuff. Uh, I got some comedy shows coming up at the end of the month here. I'll be at Belching Beaver on May 28th. I don't know if this will be aired at that point. Uh, June. Yeah, they'll hear this Monday morning and there say, you go. we just missed it. Or, or maybe they'll be like, oh, that's the guy who yeah, I, saw I just saw. The show, yeah, right? Belching yeah. Beaver, right. Uh, I got a show June 3rd at La Fleur Winery. Okay. Uh, I host a show every month at um, Witch Creek Winery in Carlsbad Village. So right. that's on the third Tuesday of every month. That's a free show. So I think that's June 20th or something like that. And then I think I'm going to be uh, at 
Uh, Five Sweets Brewing on June 30th. It's like San Diego Brewery Comedy Festival okay. or something. Oh, yeah. Five Suits. Five Suits, yeah. Five Suits, yes. So, sorry. Um, saw that, I yeah. saw that listed. Yeah, five lo- local here. Yeah, so I don't think that's 100% confirmed, but that's what... Um, cool lineup. Yeah. Of all that, yes. Yeah, so that's why I kind of wanted to go get in on that one. So, and then yeah, there's there's always more popping up. And then the the open mics, come to the open yeah, mics. Yeah. I always tell people, come enjoy the train wreck of the open <laughs> mic. It's hilariously funny in its own way. I'll give a shout out to my favorites: my Monday night Oside Bar and Grill in Oceanside, Thursday nights Jazzy Wishbone. Um, those are always a fun time and uh, always full. Of so we should no, and we have Please summer. Do. And I'll be honest, with you, I like we went, wasn't sure what to expect had a great time it was a ton of fun and like i said it was super low-key we're sitting in an alley the, the one we yeah, saw. Yeah. we're in an alleyway between the brewery and the axe throwing and uh <laughs> and it was just it was cool it was fun and we got a lot of really good laughs and and um it was actually kind of cool at the end you could walk up and hey say you know talk to the comedians and you know tell them hey i really appreciate what you do that kind of stuff so it was it was it was really neat so i would say definitely take advantage of it it's a another thing now that i guess you know obviously wineries i didn't realize so many wineries were doing it, but breweries are doing this as well and so just another way to kind of get out there and, and and support local yeah absolutely so ben we're gonna have you back we're gonna have you bring prince of dankness cool. from wild barrel and then i've got two questions but i want ben to, to sit on them okay i want to know a great heckler story all right <laughs> and i want you to run us through you have to if you're comfortable it's okay if you're afraid you don't have to. <laughs> uh, great heckler story you've witnessed or experienced and uh I want to hear some of those jokes where you've just said, I can't tell that anymore. That's bombed too many times. I want to hear some of your worst jokes. Your your, your least tight five, your loosest yeah, five. Yeah, your loosest five. Your loosest you 30 seconds first. So that, I, I'm, 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 we're putting a call back. Yeah, 100%. Okay, I, I got to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm ready to go right now, but I'm happy to. I'll have some. I'll probably have some better stories for you. Perfect. In the the not so glamorous world of amateur comedy, so I'm sure I'll have some good stories uh, to come back to next time. All right. Well, Ben Mastrago, thank you for sharing your stories with us. Thanks for having me, guys. Always excited yeah. to talk beer. I'm always excited to hang out with fellow people who like comedy and beer. So yeah, I'm, I'm, comedians I'm are blessed. becoming my favorite guests. I just it's fun just to Easiest laugh. I just have a smile on my face. So that's great. Yeah, go. <laughs> listeners, thank you for spending the hour with us. Remember, just a moment to rate us, review us wherever you get our podcasts. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Go to the website ilikebeerthepodcast.com. We'd love to keep drinking, but right now we got to run. B double E double R U N beer run. B double E double R U N beer run. All we need is a ten and a five, or a car and a key and a sober driver. B double E double R U N beer